so funny. Every time we have a conversation now, it's like, should this be a podcast? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then we have to stop talking about what we're talking about. And then in my case, I have to turn off my shitty Bluetooth headphones and plug in my actual audio setup <laughs> like I have now. We miss all the good stuff. And the same with our messaging as well. All the good stuff goes on there and we have to, we have to start saving ourselves. Maybe we shouldn't talk unless we're doing a show. And that may be the tactic. <sighs> what am I going to do with an extra like six hours? Of <laughs> More than that, surely. <laughs> It's become that. It's too much excitement. That's what it is. It is. And it's because Fathom is like, we're, I'm not going to be shy about it. Fathom's doing well. Just, just a bit. Fathom's on a bit of a tear right now, which I'm super excited about. So why are we doing a podcast today? We want, and this is, so, this is something that you and I, oh my God. Full story, please. Full story. <laughs> this has been going back and forth for so long with us and with people on the internet. So Fathom started as an open source project between myself and Danny Van Kooten, the original co-founder with myself. And we started it open source just because we wanted to have a play with analytics software. And the plan was always to have an open source version, but also have a paid hosted version, which we still do. Like this, <laughs> nothing's actually changed there. But then Danny left, you came on board, you don't use or no go. I'm just saying programming things now and you'll have to correct me because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but And then we started to build version 2 and then we initially, and you reminded me of this today, I was 100% wrong on Twitter where I said we never planned to open source version <laughs> 2 and then you sent me the tweet from I think June or July. <laughs> you designed. That I, I designed the fucking graphic <laughs> for and we did actually say that we were going to open source version 2. But we changed our minds. So this podcast is talking, took two minutes to actually get to the point of this episode, but whatever. <laughs> That's what they say, isn't we, it? In the first two minutes, yeah. explain what you're going to talk about. Shit, we failed. Um, but we changed our minds, and it, it wasn't just uh, like we're capitalist pigs, oink oink, and decided to just, we want all of the money. It was a conversation, we probably had, dude, we probably had that conversation like every day for a week, going back and forth about, should V2 be open source or should V2 just be for our paying customers? And so it took it took us fucking forever to get to a decision. And we did, in fact, change our minds, which I think one could argue that is hypocritical, but one could argue that if you never allow space for your mind to change, you're probably small-minded because I think... In changing your mind, I think you're letting yourself be open to other ideas, other opinions, other facts that you may not have considered. So, hypocrite, yes. <laughs> open to change in the future, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Terence McKenna said something about consistency being <laughs> against the open mind or whatever it was. And yeah, we change our mind. We should change our mind. We change our mind with new information. We change our mind with new ideas. This isn't an objective right and wrong. And I like black and white. I like this. This is right and this is wrong. But very rarely in life do we get that. I used a rather crass example earlier. Pedophiles are scumbags who should be killed. That's objectively an easy decision. But when you talk about about something like (laughs) this, the open source versus everything else, it's hard because there are so many different opinions. There are so many different... There's so much information to pack in. There are so many different 
hypotheticals. Um, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. This has happened, this hasn't happened. And we're, we're not ever going to have an objective right or wrong. No. Um, so where we're going, I mean, starting with our fundamental motivation, our fundamental motivation is privacy analytics for people and to build a sustainable entity that can support that indefinitely. I mean, would you agree that's our fundamental goal? Yeah, I mean, businesses that make money don't go out of business. And I don't want Fathom to be a flight of fancy or whatever. Like, I don't want Fathom to just be a side project that you and I did for a little bit and then had to kill off because it wasn't working. Like, our, like let's be honest, our objective here is that both of us make a full-time living from Fathom so then we can focus on it fully. 100%. I think it's a good, it's a decent, it's a decent goal. I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to spend most of my time on Fathom and then operate in a, a higher level capacity, more of a consultant role for my clients. That would be great. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'd like to do. And yeah, and it's really yeah. How do we get to that? Because does open source take away from that, or does open source help that? Um, yeah, it's uh, and the big thing that then comes, the big thing that then comes from that is we say, okay, we'll look at Ghost. Look mm-hmm. at WordPress. I mean, WordPress, I don't like WordPress as a company. Um, so let's stick with Ghost, actually. Um, <laughs> we look at these companies that have done it. Why couldn't we do that? Straight away, Ghost had a decent amount of funding. So that makes things easier. I don't know. Through their crowdsourcing. Yeah, yeah, you know more about this than me. Did John start working full time on it from that funding? How did it work? I think so, yeah. I don't 100% know the answer to that, but the crowdfunding did really well, which was awesome. I gave money to that crowdfunding campaign because I thought Ghost was awesome. I still do. And I think that I think that was kind of not only the catalyst for money, but I think the catalyst for interest from other developers. So when Ghost pushed their first commit to the public repo, I sound like a programmer. <laughs> I said a string of words oh, in a yeah. row that sounded like I know what I'm talking about. Anyways, I think that there was a bit of a critical mass behind that where other people were making commits and helping each other and, and working on the product core as a whole. So it wasn't just John. It probably was mostly John in the beginning or mostly John and however big his team was at the start. But there was, whenever I looked in on that repo, it was like, there's stuff happening. Whereas when Danny and I started Fathom, there was a bit of momentum there with interest, obviously. But it was Danny and I spending most of our time answering and closing out issues and doing support for the people using the OS version, which I don't know, you and I were talking about this before we hit record. I feel like in order for a business to be sustainable, paying customers have to come first. And I don't think that's what a lot of open source advocates want to hear. But I also want Fathom to stay, I want to have a version of it, regardless of what version it is, available as open source for as long as possible and be active, not just a repo that there's like GitHub should actually show like cobwebs, like the more like days since last commit, just more cobwebs grow onto the screen. Love it. And we have definitely received flack from people about starting out open source and we have. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's funny too, and I don't even know how to say this in the right way, but it does sometimes seem like some people in the open source community are 
angry, entitled people. And I know that isn't the whole community, but when you, you, you are the owner of a repo and you don't see the hundreds or thousands of people who just used your software, or in our case, over a million people that just use our software and like it and are just happy that there's an open source version, you only see the people who are complaining. It skews my view of open source because all I see are the complaints Right, so it, it's hard. <laughs> I um, I actually emailed Taylor Otwell one, uh, probably a couple times, saying thank you because there are so many times where Laravel gets stick, and it's for stupid reasons. <laughs> and those of us who do appreciate it, we stay quiet. So I think it's important to sometimes email people or buy them a coffee online or whatever you do. We the <laughs> I had an experience on uh, GitHub, so I accidentally closed a pull request. It was a, a force merge or something. I don't know what I did. I don't use the GitHub very much. And I did it on GitHub. I edited the README. And the response, someone was angry. They were angry that I did this. Like, hostile. I'm just thinking, sheesh, this is a free code base. I didn't do it on purpose. Just calm down. And mm-hmm. and you see that. And I think it's called loss aversion or, or whatever it is, where you the negatives are more impactful than the... I mean, until recently, though, we've been getting lots of... of we get No, no, no. We get more positives from our customers than we get negatives from from our easily clarify that miles. though we get more positives from our paying customers <laughs> I'm not lying yeah. well, no we do just thinking about yeah. it yeah so it's hard, and I guess let's kind of, we haven't really explained our stance and why we have our stance, we've kind of been skirting around it. So right now, version one of Fathom, which is written in Go, is open source, we're not going to close that down, we have no plans to ever close that down. We do want to commit to working on it once we built up a bit of money, so we want to actually put some money from our revenue behind that project. But V2, even though... I and I said this already earlier. V2 was going to be open source. We talked about it and Bullshit. decided no. <laughs> Let's talk about why we decided to make. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore. This is this is now the podcast from Paul. Oh my days! <laughs> so let's let's talk about why we changed our mind. Okay, why we changed our mind. So many reasons. So we. We had it open source, which means you can host it yourself. That means that you can spin up a server for a really, really cheap price. You don't get everything we give, like the infrastructure, but you can you can host it pretty cheap. So why would you why would you pay for it? And that was a lot of people's attitudes. So we have that working against us. That was one of the business reasons. The technical mm-hmm. reasons were that it's a pain to maintain a pain to maintain. Pain to maintain um the open source version when you're talking about bidding integration for the hosted version and everything like that. So that was one of the reasons. I do think it's, and being completely transparent here, I do think it's mostly business driven because if we start just releasing our code for free, I mean, we spent we spent months. We spent months. I mean, I I did way less client work. You did way less work on other things to, to mm-hmm. work on this. So I feel like we've sacrificed quite a lot. And then to just to just give it away and not have any value in a business. It just doesn't seem right. And I, I, that's why I want to keep the open source version because I do think that there's room for us to give things away and for us to invest in open source. But to just give everything away and have no value for ourselves, it's the view of what you think of capitalism and open source and everything like that. Is it okay that we're trying to make a company that we can work on full time? Is that okay? Some people think it's not. Some people think that you know you should live on absolutely the minimum possible amount, and you should give everything away to the community. The community is more important. 
So the energy drink has kicked in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that it's hard to it's it's hard to argue those fundamentals and i think that's why like we said in the beginning this is more of a gray area than a black and if only everything was just black and white oh yeah it would be so much easier but like i can't argue the logic of like socialist developers is basically yeah, yeah. basically what it comes down to right like if you believe that everything should be open source then that i can't then you're right. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. We are social. No, no, we are because because well, that would be communist, wouldn't it? Everything's owned by. Mm, yeah, okay. So I guess you're right. social, we are socialist in a way that we're saying we want to make profit and have a sustainable business, but we're also going to give this away for free. So we're we're right in the middle. We're not saying you have to pay to have privacy focused analytics. Yeah, but we're saying that we need because to- we believe that privacy is a commons. Like it oh, should for be. Sure. We don't need to, and this is where. It's hard when people are coming at you hard for this. It's like, <laughs> we don't have to have an open source version. Like, we honestly, we don't. I really want to, though. And I really want to because I know that even though we get shit for it from a couple people, there's still a well, million state, plus. Status, I don't remember how many times. Status.am. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge uh, yeah. company, privacy focused company. We had a conversation with them and they wanted to use our open source version. Great. Use it, please yeah. do use it. No problem at all. We do want this. I uh so and then hypothetically, let's imagine that this is more of a cynical view, I suppose. We go open source, our growth comes to a stop, because every we haven't got any value to offer anymore, because it's all out there for free. Okay. How much time are we going to be able to afford to spend on it? I mean it's a serious question. We've both got things outside of work. How much time do we have? How much time can we justify? Do we just say, oh, you know, I can't work on this because I need to work on this. You know, we need to support our families and everything else. Yeah. It, that does come into it. We could be a <laughs> hundred and that's why I don't feel, and I think that sometimes people, especially people I think that don't work for themselves, that don't realize how hard <laughs> that is. I'm not ashamed to make money. But I also know that I don't need all the money. Like there, and we've had this conversation as well. Like I, I don't, honestly, I don't give a shit if Fathom makes millions of dollars. Like if it made enough for us to make a reasonable living, and both of us don't have a ton, like both of us don't live lavish lifestyles. I mean, neither of us own a molecule air filter. <laughs> we were talking about this last night. The 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 Rolls Royce of air filters. Oh, yeah. They're too expensive. Yeah. I'm sure they'd be great, but they're too expensive. Like we don't want to live lavish lives, but we do want to support ourselves and our families in the work that we do. And because I work for myself, I don't have like a nine to five job where I work on projects like this on the side, like little open source projects. This is I'm doing this because I want this to make the money that pays for like my mortgage. So I'm happy that it makes money. I'm happy when it makes enough money to support both of us fully. And I'm not ashamed of that. And I think that that comes into the decision. And I think as well, and I mean, I argued this in the book that I wrote, where I think that profitable companies don't really go out of business. Like we're we're not looking to take funding. We've had, we've we've literally turned down people saying, How many like, times? Oh, "Could you?" Yeah, <laughs> we don't want funding because we don't care. Like that's not the growth that either of us really want. That's not a that's not a, a flavor of capitalism. If capitalism is like Baskin Robbins, that's not a flavor of capitalism that either of us want to subscribe to. And we're both actually pretty. I think it, what is it like triple bottom line? Like 
people, planet, profit. Like 100% profit's important, but we also put the planet up there, Well, which is why we're part of 1% for the planet and want to plant trees oh, yeah. and all of that. And then people, I want to put our paying customers first. And our paying customers getting a better product than the open source version, I, I, don't, like, I don't mind. I don't see that as being wrong. And I know that people call people think that oh well you said it was going to be open source and it's not anymore. It's ours. It's 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 ours to change our minds. I think <laughs> there is this weird entitlement, and and people change their minds. And I think if you live in a world where you think that people don't change their minds, then then you're crazy because people do change their minds all the time. Yeah, and 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 it does hugely come down to motivations. We are not doing this as a side project to just contribute something small to the community. We are trying to fight Google Analytics. This isn't a side thing. This is a this is a battle. This is a war. We want as many people as possible to stop giving Google their data. So that's what it comes down to. And sure, we could do this as a quote unquote side project and put in a few hours a week. Can you imagine what the state it would be in if we were doing that? If it if we weren't looking at it as this is going to be a full-time thing in the future. It would have like a 20th of the updates and features. Oh, it would be completely different. It'd be completely different. And there's the sacrifice that goes into building products. People listening who build anything knows the sacrifice that goes into building these things. Yeah, it's not just a, like, oh, building a feature. It's like we have to build a feature. We have to market that. We have to sustain the marketing on that. We have to support that feature. Like there is, and it's not kind of a, I'm playing the world's smallest violin. I actually like doing all those things. So do you. But it is more work than I think some people realize or give credit to small businesses for. And also, anyone who's listening who, who wants this to be open source and doesn't think it's right, make your own analytics platform. And I'm, I'm dead serious. M- compete with us, make us work harder, do, make the industry better. Make privacy-focused analytics grow. And you know, Paul, Paul put out the thread yeah, this morning that sparked all of this about um, it's very easy to build analytics and it's hard to do it good. Well, that's, be- that's because most people are doing side projects. Mm-hmm. Side projects are hard to maintain and turn into big businesses. Big businesses. <laughs> you know what I mean. Sustainable <laughs> businesses. You know what I mean. Yeah, we, we, want, a, we want a big business of, of two people. Yeah, exactly. But to, <laughs> into a serious business, I guess, is the, is the yes, right terminology yes. there. And that's the thing, like I'm I'm as well. Like it's not a zero sum game. Like I welcome competition because like you said, one, it makes us better. And two, anyone that's taking away from Google and helping people turn websites into black boxes to Google, do it. Like do it, do it now. And I'm pleased by that. But also know that it does take work and money to run a business like this. And I'm I'm glad that we're making money doing it. So are we going to be open sourcing the code base? We haven't answered that. I don't know, to be honest. What I know for sure is that there's always going to be a version of Fathom Analytics open source. Absolutely. I don't think we're in disagreement with that. And I do think that I'm certain that, while I say it super uncertainly, (laughs) I do think that there will be updates to the version that's open source right now. I don't know what those updates will be or how many updates there will be, but I do think that we are going to be doing as much as we can as a two-person business to keep that going and to make sure it doesn't stagnate. As far as will V2 be open source, it seems unlikely, but it's possible. Who knows? 
Yeah. <laughs> no, no definitive answer. But that's just it. We've gone back and forth so many times. If we said, yes, we're going to do it, or no, we're not going to do it, someone would just come out and call us. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good lesson for us as well, to only be definitive in our marketing <laughs> or our tweets. Yeah. If we're sure that we aren't going to change, but then how I'll are we take the, going to be sure? I mean, I would say I'd take the blame for that one, but you designed the graphic as well, so... I did. It's my fault as well. But I think even just sticking to, like, we don't promote anything that we're not just about finished. Like, I think about the features we talked about in a previous episode of this. We're talking about them because they're they're getting close to being done. Mm-hmm. When we're tweeting about new things, we're talking about them because they're just about ready. Like, there's no way that they wouldn't be available to our paying customers when we're talking about them. So I think that's a good lesson for us as well, is we need to be a bit mindful of what we're talking about because we're going to be held accountable to it whether we like it or not, which is just fine. I I like that. It makes us better marketers and better communicators. Oh, for sure. And shout out to Robert Hafner. I spoke to him on the phone. I honestly thought he was an angry troll on Twitter and he suggested jumping on a call. And he had a lot of thoughts about the open source side of things. And it was a very, very productive phone call. I understand his his point of view completely. And he has incredibly valid points. Everyone sees things from different angles. Mm-hmm. So we've got more insight into the company, into the growth, into how we make it sustainable. Whereas other people are looking at it from hypotheticals and their personal experience. And uh, yeah. So you're saying that things that can't be resolved on social media can easily be resolved if you have a real-time phone conversation oh, with the person? Funny, funny to think, right? <laughs> funny to think. Twitter, Twitter is just awful sometimes. Yeah. This is kind of a, this feels like a, a weird podcast. We jump on a call and start recording with zero answers to anything. We're not really making ourselves look like experts, but I actually don't care to make myself look like an expert. I'd rather just be... I'd rather just talk through things with you. And I think it's interesting to do that in public as well. No one knows the answer to this. Anyone that anyone yeah. that comes across as confident and 100% knows that this is the right thing to do, it's all just smoke and mirrors. Um, it's just mm. a facade. So Let's cue the outro music. Which, get, oh get, yeah. Get pumped up. No, no, that's the intro music, isn't it? No, we're using it for the outro as well. I th- it's the intro and the outro. It's so good we need to use it twice. And how does that music sound? 